thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for blessing us and allowing us to see another day in the land of the living. Lord, someone didn't make it, but we did, and we're grateful, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this place, Lord Jesus, this worship atmosphere, Lord Jesus, that we've come to create for you. We ask now, Lord, that you let your Holy Ghost and your Holy Spirit, let your anointing reign on this place, Lord yes, Jesus. Yes. Touch those who are here. Touch those who are on their way, Lord Jesus. Yes. Lord, let your anointing pierce through the darkness, yes. Lord Jesus, that is holding them back, Lord Jesus. Let your love and your mercy flow in this place, oh. Lord. We've come to give you praise and glory and honor because you are worthy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy of all the glory. You are worthy of all the praise, Lord Jesus. You are worthy to be lifted up. Your word says if we lift you up, you will draw all men to us, Lord. So we're lifting you up in this place on the southwest corner of Charlotte, North Carolina, Lord. We're lifting you up, brothers, to see. Now, Lord Jesus, send your people, Lord Jesus, so that they may see your glory, that they may feel your love and your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know the Lord is worthy? Come on, let's stand on our feet. We're going to sing. You are worthy of the highest praise. Hallelujah. The highest praise. Ha That's my life. I don't know about you, but this is my testimony. I should have been dead, yeah, yeah. but I'm not. I, I should have been crippled, but I'm not. I should have been blind, but I'm not. I should not even. I shouldn't even be able to speak, but I. But I can. Thank you, Lord. I. I, I shouldn't be able to stand, but I'm standing here. So I, when I when I say I, when I say I love you, Jesus, I mean I really mean I love you, Jesus. The depths of my spirit. If it yes. had not been for you, yes. Woo. So today, 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 more than any other thing, I, you have to grab hold of the love of Jesus today. Huh, make it who you are. Make it who you are. This is your season for greatness in this place today. Yes. Yes. Ha, ha. I feel that I'm deep in my spirit. I'm excited for what God is doing. He's stirring things up in the atmosphere for us to experience more of Him. So today, <laughs> let's chase after God today. Let's have a will to say, wherever you go, God, I'll follow. I love you, Jesus, for coming on this cross and having victory over death. And raising up with all power in your hand. So, I don't know what your burden is today. I don't know what it is today. But what I do know is this. The love that Jesus has for us surpasses all our understanding. And he wants to bless us immeasurably. <laughs> More than we can even think of. Establish your kingdom here on earth. Bless those who stand before me, God. Come into their life like never before. Shake things up, stir things around it, Lord. Reorder things out of chaos. You created life. So create life, dear Lord, in our chaotic worlds, dear Father. The business of life, dear Lord. Find it there and bring us peace. Now, in the name of Jesus, we pray. We all say, Amen. 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 May you be rest in the presence of the Most High God today. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Huh. Let's have this conversation. So now I know it takes us about mm, 35 minutes of praise and worship. 
And if I can finish in 20 minutes, we can get you out of here on time. <laughs> Amen. 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 Preach it to the crowd. You know, I, I used to say, um, I used to say, uh, I'm going to preach to two like it's 2,000. And I never had that opportunity. But now I'm almost there. I'm at three. <laughs> Amen. So I'm excited about it. Amen. This is, uh, I'm amazed what God does. He's an amazing God. And what I love what he does is he wants to show, wants to show us, you know, we're not to test God, right? God tests us. And part of life's test is to say, you're going to do what I tell you to do. Regardless, and then do it with a smile. I, I'm excited about today because I've been faithful to God, and I just know the promises on the other side are massive. So whatever you're going through, when you're faithful to what God has blessed you with and puts in your way, just know there's promises. He promises to bless us beyond what we can even think of or imagine. I like to say even write down. Amen. Amen. So, no, I'm excited. Let's go forth. Stand with me, please. Stand with me to Luke, the eighth chapter. Luke, the eighth chapter. Luke, the eighth chapter. The forty-third to the forty-eighth verse. Amen. 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 Today is a great day. I've been praying and believing God for this, and we have a visitor coming at one o'clock today to take a look at this facility. But there's school in here, STEM school, S-T-E-M-S-K-O-O-L. They're about science, uh, technology, with science, technology, engineering, and math. Yeah, because they can't spell school. They put a K in math, so. <laughs> Bless their heart. We know they can do some science, so math, amen. They just can't spell. Amen. Glory be to God. Luke 8, chapter 43rd to the 48th verse. And it reads, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And the King, New King James Version says, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians could not be healed by any, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. I'm talking about she came and touched Jesus' cloak. Who touched me, Jesus said. Jesus asked. When all had denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. The King James Version says, they're thronging against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him, and she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. May a blessing be to read and hear the name, word of the Lord. You may rest in the presence of the most powerful, audacious God. Amen. 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 Let's speak to the context here. Jairus was a man named, named, man named Jairus. Was, Jesus says, come over the lake, and he's in this town, this community. As he's being there, he's famous now. People know of his his wonders, his miraculous ways. They're excited to see him. He, it's just like, I don't know, the superstars today are, you know, people get excited about these bands and rappers and all these, I was listening to a song last night 
And this rapper who could not rap, and it sounded horrible, said in this line, and now I started with nothing, but now I'm a multi-millionaire. And I wonder, like, how in the world does boy get to be a multi-millionaire? Because the music was so horrible. But somehow, some way, people crowd to see these people and want to see them. I just saw this story uh, about R. Kelly, the, something about R. Kelly on Netflix, the series I just watched. It came out a long time ago. I just watched it. And, and he called himself the Pied Piper of, I don't know, R&B or whatever it was. I don't know. But people were chasing after him. I mean, he could, he was, he is on video doing some raunchy stuff, but still they are chasing after him. He was famous. He still remains famous. And, but see, we don't hear about that much anymore. The crowds don't really chase after the holy people like that anymore. But here, we find ourselves Jesus coming across, and he's there, and the crowd is on him, and the big man in the community, Jairus, who was a leader in the church, who, I call it the church, but the mosque, I mean the temple at the time. He was leaving the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet. And he came to, he said to him, Come to my house. But my daughter, about 12 years old, she's laying there dying. She's dying. But people were thronging against Jesus. They were pressing against him. They were all over him. And in the midst of all this, this story takes place about a woman who had 12 years issues of blood. But let me tell you something today about the power of desperation. Who's been desperate before? Who's been desperate for God to move into their life? Let me tell you, there's something about the power of desperation when you say, God, if you don't do it, it's not going to be done. There's, there's something about when I, when I know I need God to do something, I think, now, I need to change my prayer life. I I need to intensify my relationship with God. So what am I going to do? Because, see, most times when things are good, you're not, you know, you're just living your life. You may say prayer in the morning, thank you, Lord, for this new day. You may say grace at night, you know, when you sit down to eat, or eat whenever you sit down for a meal and you say your grace. And then just maybe, just maybe, maybe before you go to bed at night, you may say now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. You know, maybe you will. When things are good, your prayer life is kind of lax. Most of us, right? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. That our prayer life is just becomes a little bit more lax. But when you become desperate for God, when you want God to really move into your life, the intensity of your prayers increase. You know, it's like, God, if you don't do it, it's just not going to happen. I, I, I I keep telling the story because it means so much to me. I just shared it with somebody this past week. A young man, he had to get to his medicine. He had asthma. And I said, what's wrong, man? You got asthma? He said, yeah, man, I got asthma. I got to get to my medicine. He was trying not to, to, to speak because he wanted to stay calm so his asthma doesn't pick up. And I got to share with him my testimony. My testimony is this. When was the last time you told somebody your testimony how God came into your life? A total stranger. See, we're talking about who's your one. We're still on that who's your one. Who's the one person that you're still dealing with on a regular basis, praying for, having lunch with, beseeching them? Who's the one person you told your testimony to? So I told this young man my testimony about how when I was 14 years of age, I said I never had, I had stopped having asthma. At 14 years of age, I lay in my deathbed dying. I was dying. And the, and the saints came around me, which were my grandmother and my, and my aunt, my oldest aunt. 
and they were praying for me. They wanted me to pray. They realized I couldn't breathe. And all they said was, just say Jesus. Just say Jesus. I was suffocating with asthma who captured my lungs. All I could say out of desperation was, Jesus. That's the last I ever had asthma. I've never had asthma since then. So when I told the young man, I said, man, this is your, this is your blessed day, man. You now in the presence of a miracle. And I'm saying, what God has done for one, he's no respected person. He'll do for another too. So I was able to encourage him about get desperate about your prayer life. Because sometimes you got to touch the hem of his garment. Sometimes you got to break the heart of God for a move of God to happen. Yes. Not that God doesn't want to do it. It's because you don't even believe enough to go after it. Desperation. We need to have prayers of desperation. In your situation, you, there's something about the fervent prayer of a righteous one. It avails much, says John 5, 16. But here the woman, it says 8, 43, 44. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him, Jesus, and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. What is amazing about this is so many things in this. We could preach this for about three months. There's so many things, nuggets here taking place in this one scene of this movie called The Life of Jesus. There's some laws in Leviticus. See, God had to lay down some laws because the people of God were living raunchy. So he laid down a group of laws to try to change the culture. In Leviticus, the 15th chapter, the 25th verse, 27 verse, it says this, if a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, other than at the time of her customary impurity, or if it runs beyond her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharge shall be as the days of her customary impurity. She shall be unclean. Verse 27 says, Whoever touches those things shall be unclean, and she shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean in the evening, saying that even anything that she touches is unclean. Now, what does that mean? Why is that, why is that relevant? One, she had trauma blood issues of a woman. But more so, unclean. God is what? He is what? Holy. If God is holy, therefore, anything that is not holy can't come to God. So if it's unclean, it is what? Unholy. And if it's unclean and unholy, then it can't be touching or close to God, who is what? Holy. Jesus is Emmanuel, which is God with us. Jesus is seen to be the Messiah, the righteousness of God. He's seen to be the holiness of God is Jesus. So by the fact that she even came through the thought that maybe perhaps I can touch him is an unrighteous, unholy act. Because she is seen to be unclean. Now, what's significant about that is this. Jesus is viewed by those who are pressing against him as holy. He's seen by those who are with him as rabbi, teacher. He's seen by those who are with him as the one they've been expecting to come. He's seen as really the high priest. 
So anything that comes to the, what's holy has to be killed. It can't come in the presence of a rabbi. See, uh, traditions is, if Jesus is the high priest, you know, we talked about this several times, when they went before in the temple or in the tabernacle there on the road, the high priest would go one time a year and he would go behind the Holy of Holies where it was said to be Holy of Holies. Most holy. And he had any speck of blood on him from the from the, the sacrifice they made with the rams and the bulls and the like, and the priests did. And if he had any speck of unholiness on him, see, it wasn't back just his sins, it was the fact that any blood had splattered on his robe. When he went behind the Holy of Holies, he would have got to die immediately. So the severity of this is Jesus is seen to be the high priest of those who are following him. If anything is unholy or any speck, of blood at all is on him. It's unrighteous. It's, un it's unholy. So the fact that she did that was like, whoa, those who are around him are protecting him. Because see, one of the disciples said, Jesus, he comes to him and says, Jesus, what are you talking about? Who touched you? See, she went and touched the edge of his cloak because she saw him as king. She viewed him as Messiah. She viewed the fact that I'm so desperate. If I have to, if anything's ever going to change in my life, I got to get to Jesus. How many of us have that determination to get to Jesus? How many of us pray with the prayers that are so desperate that if God doesn't do it, it just won't happen? When I think about Sister Ashley who came and she was, she got to a place. Her daughter had been on vacation Bible school five days. She got to a place that she was just so desperate. She had to get a new car because she had to get her mother around who was in a wheelchair and immobile and a daughter who has to get to school. When she went and she applied for that loan to get the car and they turned her down for a technicality for a 2017 vehicle. I saw her eyes well up and she was crying, nearly weeping. She was weeping because she was so sad that she didn't get the car. But see, she didn't know that her desperation was about to unveil the glory of God. Because she still believed that God had a plan for her. And so I said it was call this dude named Ace. Because I, I knew Ace could get it done. But see, it wasn't the fact that I was connected to Ace. It was the fact that she was connected to God. And the fact that I hadn't been in her presence in months. Months. Until vacation Bible school. So God timed everything, put things in place. But it was her desperation for something to move into her life. It wasn't until she got to a place where she started to weep, but she didn't lose her faith that God decided to move on her. And she drove away with a 2020 vehicle in less than 24 hours. That's a miracle because her prayers became desperate. And she believed who God was. Even when they told her she couldn't qualify, she still believed in God. Do you believe in God even when they tell you you're not good enough? You're not qualified enough? Do you still believe God when the, when the door is shut upon you? Do you still believe God has his hand on your life and he's still a miracle worker when it doesn't even appear that it's even possible? That's when God wants you to get to a place where he says, I need you. There's a problem with this woman. Financially, she had nothing. She was in pain. She 
was so she she her pain was even growing worse than what it had been for the first year. It's twelve years of pain. She was a social outcast. They they said thus shall she separate the children of Israel from their uncleanliness. They that they die not in their uncleanliness. He was separate. He, she was to a point that the Leviticus said that she had to be separate from her people. She was a social outcast. That, can you imagine 12 years? That's 4,383 4, days bleeding. Men, you struggle with that thought. But a woman thinks about that. That's, that's, some, that's severe. That's severe. That's, that's un, unimaginable. This, just think of your nose bleeding for a day. Multiply that times 4,838. That's unimaginable. She, 144 months, 624 weeks, 105,192 hours of continuous bleeding. She, for 12 years, she had no hugs, no kisses. She couldn't prepare her own food for her family. She could not do any housework because she was bleeding. She couldn't be a wife. She, she couldn't be a mother. She, she, she sat isolated in her house for 12 years. I want to put this in perspective because there's something significant about understanding her, what her desperation was. So she rushed to the center of the city. She was breathlessly hoping she could come close just to touch him because she needed something to move into her life. She became so desperate. For 12 years, she was isolated without friends, no family, not being a mother or a good wife, not, not really providing to her for herself, she was broke, but not busted. How many of us have been broke? <laughs> we all been broke at some point in time in our life, but let me tell you, you're not really broke until you busted. When you busted, it's like, man, shattered. I have nothing coming in, and nothing in the future that I see coming can bring me something into this household. That's busted. But God wants you to come before him busted. He wants you to empty out all the lies and all the misgivings and all the doubt and all the fear. He wants you to come empty before him with nothing but your faith. Nothing but a desperate prayer. We want to start praying in this church with some desperation. You know, we want to, we want, you know, when you were in school, you know, you had all week to write through the homework assignment, right? You know. All week. And then you're sitting there right before class starts, talking about what you have for number 12. <laughs> <laughs> but it was in that desperation when you start to move. We should wake up in the morning feeling we got to get to Jesus every day. I got to get to him. I got a prayer that needs to be answered every day. Can you imagine that your faith is oh, what God would do for you if you came to him like saying, God, if it be your will, I don't know, I can't do it. If it's not without you, I can't do it. i got to have you do it. She was desperate. There's power in your testimony. Jesus said, eight, Luke 8, 45 to 46, who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone from me. See, there's power in your testimony. See, Jesus, when he's walking, he, he, he said, virtue, power, virtue, 
has left me, which means that he knew that something, somewhere in his, see, somebody had pulled on him. When's the last time you pulled on Jesus? When's the last time Jesus said, virtue has left me, which means that I transferred some of my power into you. Jesus needed her to testify. Jesus wanted her to say, Jesus wanted it to be, it to be known that I did it. But he wanted her to be the one to say he did it. You see, in those days, Jews who were priests, they had garments or robes. And the fancy priests, the priests who were in the tabernacles and the temples, most of the temples, they had these really nice robes with beautiful colors. And, and the high priest, we talked about this before, he had a breastplate, he had these fancy things, but the hem of his garment, of the, of the robe of a high priest, he had these pomegranates that would hang down and these bells that would hang down and they had these tassels that would hang down that would hold the bells and the pomegranates and they were, it was glorious, it was, it was radiant, it was radiant. And so you knew how holy he was and how powerful he was by the length of his tassels, the hem of his garment, the edge of his cloak and the edge of his robe. And so they thought that Jesus, they viewed Jesus as being a priest as well. And so when she came before him, she knew in the custom that she was accustomed to. She hadn't seen Jesus before, so when she heard of Jesus, she knew that he was a righteous man. She knew that he, she knew that he was a, 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 a priestly man. She knew that they called him rabbi. She, she knew that he was holy. But she also knew that I can't come directly before him, straight on to him, because I can't get to him. Everybody's trying to get to Jesus. Everybody's trying to talk to Jesus. You ever been in a conversation where you want to talk to somebody after, uh, maybe after church, after a sermon, or at an event, a speaker, or something like that, and there's a line trying to talk to that person? And you sitting there like, man, when am I going to get my turn? And it's hard to get to him, right? So it's hard to get to Jesus. She can't get to Jesus. And, and knowing that she's unclean, they know that they can't see her get to Jesus. So she comes to the center of the town, and she comes down low, almost like Robin. She's easing into it because, you know, she could die. They could stone her for touching Jesus, being unclean. But she knew inside of her that the power that she needed was, you know, where the power was, was that the, where the tassels were for the high priest. And Jesus didn't have tassels. He didn't have pomegranates either. But he had the edge of his cloak. So she viewed him as rabbi. She viewed him as high priest. She viewed him as holy. And so she did out of her tradition what she knew to do, touch where the power was. When's the last time you knew touch to chase after where the power source is from Jesus? See, it's in his Holy Spirit. When's the last time you really prayed in the spirit? Praying in the spirit is when you really touch the edge of his cloak today. Praying in the Spirit is when you enter in. There's a process of entering in. It's when you release yourself and you seek God, and then there's a move of the Spirit. You can feel it. That's where power comes from. We see somebody speaking in tongues because they entered into the presence of God. They went up a notch. It's up a notch. 
If you don't speak in tongues, it's when you have a certain feeling inside you when the power of God enters into you. You start to feel it where you can now move with ease. See, when you pray, you know, it's something to pray and you say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, that is not going to move the hymn of God. That's not going to enter in. Because that's an intellectual prayer that you re, you're reciting from your person. We have to pray not from our person, but from the spirit inside of us to get to the power source of God. So when you pray, intensify that prayer. Don't get that same prayer. You go in to God. And when you go in, you go in with some desperation behind you, with some, God, if you don't do it, it ain't going to get done. See, there's some prayers that need a little bit more. See, I was dying. I needed a stronger prayer. You couldn't come to me with help of Jesus. That wasn't going to do it. Because even in that, they ain't really believing help of Jesus. But it's like help of Jesus. That's, they believe in that. They feel in that. They really, they're going into that. They're like, I'm, I, Lord, you know. We are some loud people as a people of color. <laughs> we loud in general. We're just loud people. But there's some reality in that madness because we're some emotional people as well. We're emotional. It's okay to be emotional because love is a strong emotion. And when you love somebody, you may get a little loud. When you love somebody, you may feel a little more intensity in your relationship. When you really love somebody, you put yourself in a way. See, when we love Jesus, we love God, we're putting ourselves in the way. We're getting so desperate. I need to feel you now. So enter in. Your prayers, enter in. Don't make it like an assignment when you pray. You pray with some intensity and some intentionality that you have to get through. I need this new car. I got to get through. I need this mortgage payment. It got to get through. I need my business to advance. It has to get through. You have to pray with some intensity and some intentionality. She was intense with her intentionality to get to the hem of his clothes, edge of his cloak. She was determined. She just said, who touched me? He asked her to testify when he did that. It was just so that everybody would know. See, if Jesus hadn't said, who touched me? Power has left me. He was protecting her from harm. She had to be made clean. See, when she touched him, before she touched him, she was unclean, which means she was unholy. When she couldn't touch him. But see, when she snuck in, nobody saw her. But when she was made whole, everybody could see her. And her reputation was, this is the woman who had 12 years of bleeding. She's so unclean. So instead of Jesus pointing it out, he gave her a chance to, to, for people to see that she had been made whole and clean. See, God will take your situation much like Ashley, and he'll see it in the rough for all people to see. 
but he also will bless you so all people can see. So when you're going through and you think, oh, I'm embarrassed for this, that, and other thing, don't, you, don't worry about that. But see, when you give it to God, he'll give you the glory. When you give it to God, he'll give you the glory. When you give it to God, he'll give you the glory. See, the glory is his glory. There's nothing more glory. There's nothing more auspicious. That's a good word. Where'd that come from? That's that word. There's nothing more grand than God's glory in your life. So when you're going through and you feel like it's an embarrassment, and you feel like, you know, you're a little downtrodden about it, you feel like a little sad. I mean, recently I had somebody who wanted to commit suicide. They felt as though the, 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 the harm to them socially was so bad that they wanted to commit suicide. But the glory of a God comes in, he gives you a testimony of how powerful that he is. So your embarrassment becomes your testimony of who God is. See, God wants to give everybody a testimony. He wants everybody to know when you go through, he pulled you out for all to see. And this one here, I'm proud of. You can't touch it. See, when she came out, virtue left him. She was healed. He said publicly, she can't be touched. She's now clean. He saved her life for all to see. There's power in testimony. There's power released by our faith. Luke 8, 47, 48 says this. Then a woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Thank you, little son, brother. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. It was a great moment where the power of God's anointing was being released to all of us. It's a great moment. First, the birthing of the power of this woman who suffered prolonged for 12 years. What I like about this is that I think what Jesus was doing, he was teaching us so many things in this act, in this scene. See, first Jairus came, and he was a powerful man, well-recognized and respected in the community. He was a leader within the synagogue. Everybody knew who Jairus was. See, he was so well-known, he could walk through the crowd and get to Jesus. And when he fell on his feet, fell on the feet of Jesus, he actually stopped the crowd. He stopped the movement. It was this act that allowed her, because everybody was watching this well-known, well-respected man fall at the foot of Jesus. And Jairus was the leader in the synagogue, which means that Jesus was in opposition to the Jews of the day. Caiaphas, the high priest. And so those who were in the temple, he was in opposition to. But this man who was supposedly in opposition to Jesus being the Messiah came and fell at his feet. So I can imagine the crowd saying, Woo, Jairus came. And they gave her an opportunity to come up behind Jesus. So the crowd couldn't see they're watching Jairus. And in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of the chaos, Jesus having to 
Wisdom and knowledge understand that this woman is unclean. And if they are to see her, they'll kill her. I've got to heal her. I hear her desperation. I hear her prayer. And she needs a testimony, but I'm only going to do it because she believes. It was her faith. Her faith was so strong in the midst of almost, she put herself in a way of to death, to death, she would have died. If they would have just saw her, they would have stoned her. But he knew he's so loving, understanding the law. See, Jesus understands our drunkenness, our lying, our filth, our dark sins. He understands all those things. Those sins that we don't even want to talk about or even think about anymore. He understands all those things. He understands all of our unholiness, unrighteousness, uncleanliness. He understands those things. But on the flip side, he also understands because he loves us so much. He doesn't want any hurt nor harm to come before us if we see him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If we can put ourselves in a position to go boldly but humbly for the throne of grace, as the word says, and bow down at the feet of our God and say, Lord, I need you. <laughs> and if you don't do it, it's just not going to happen. But I know through you it's going to happen. My faith is strong enough to say, this is coming to pass. So I tell you again, don't even worry about your iniquities or your sins or your uncleanliness or whatever it may be. Jesus understands. God understands. All he wants us to do is to intensify our relationship with him. And come before him, <laughs> come before him saying, if you don't do it, God, it ain't going to get done. Man can't do it. She spent all her money with doctors. Don't you know doctors don't say I'm going to fix it. They're not in the, in the profession of fixing. They're in the profession of practicing. They practice medicine. They don't know it. They don't know it because they ain't God. Only God knows. And I'm excited today. I celebrate today. Because there's power and desperation. I, I celebrate today because there's power in a testimony. I, I, I celebrate today because I understand the power is released through my faith in God. I, I celebrate today because of God's death and resurrection on the cross. Resurrection on the cross. There's incomparable power given to us if we simply just believe.